0: did not have a toilet centric sense of humor at all and now when you riff on it i just go with it
1: that was going to be my epithet it was going to be who is it it's like apollo or someone is like wind footed and i was gonna say wind trousered <laughs> you're such I thought, no, you're a like boy yeah. you are such a boy
0: i'm amazed you have never like farted in front of me you're such a boy i'm so, i'm waiting for that well now.
1: we can talk about this
0: What have you? Just been, because I don't have a sense of smell, just... Ooh, silent but violent. We have to stop because I'm getting the ick for you as a co-host. Okay. (laughs) So we've got to stop while you have any goodwill left. Okay, whatever. Welcome to Save Me From My Shelf, a literature podcast where we take classic tomes off their pedestal to make you less anxious about reading them. Our jokes come from a place of love and for a specific teaching purpose. However, if you think that making fun of great literature, and maybe some mild swearing, is offensive, this might not be the podcast for you. Hello, you are listening to Save Me From My Shelf. The people's princess over here is Daniel. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's gotta be Melania Trump. You. it's gotta be melania trump melania <laughs> trump here is abby
0: tacky <laughs> what's
1: that jackie Oh. <laughs> oh that's obviously way better yeah jackie o is abby
0: <laughs> right we are back from our break i have returned from my european sojourns i should be relaxing in a pleasure grotto or like on a doge's luxury barge but here i am performing for you fine folks Right, do you want to read some letters for us, Yes, please,
1: yes. Here's an email from Patty. I just wanted to express my thanks for your advice at the end of the Lolita episode about how to approach analysis of a book that you dislike because I had been avoiding that particular classic for decades. I had attempted it once on audiobook. Ooh, I don't want that. I wouldn't want (coughs) that in my ears. Thought it might make it easier. But as soon as the narrator Jeremy Irons, noted son-marrier Jeremy Irons, (laughs) said... (laughs) Light of my life, fire of my loins, my sin, my soul, directly into my ear. I knew there was no way I could do it. (laughs) Anyway, I made it through the book, but then struggled with how to talk about it in my blog post. I recognised the skill that had gone into the writing, but I couldn't allow myself to like it. Abby's advice to use my dislike to coldly analyse the book allowed me to look back at it from a distance. Then, much to my surprise, like Daniel, I found myself being charmed by Humbert Humbert. Join in the the gang of the groomed. (laughs) Um, I didn't like him any better, but I couldn't ignore him. And she sent us the review she wrote, which is very thoughtful. Um, I'm really
0: glad, Patty, that that our advice was helpful. It's so hard to divorce your personal feelings from analytical thought because, you know, these things are deeply personal to us. So I'm really glad if that advice has sort of uh, helped out in any way.
1: I just think that's good that literature is about sort of learning to Dissociate oneself from one's values It's good practice for like being a sort of prison camp guard <laughs> That's why this English literature just has So many transferable skills doesn't it like, and We're not, we're not capitalising On that We've got another one here from Catherine Hello uh, Hello <laughs> <laughs> I just found your podcast recently And love 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 it Three loves It's educational and hysterical and thought provoking who knew anyone could do all that in one podcast? I didn't even know we could do that. I'm an ER nurse turned editor, journalist, and freelance writer. That's cool. I just retired and I'm now a happy historical fantasy writer. God, doing loads. Oh my god. Who would have thought some one person could do all that? <laughs> <laughs> She's sharing her podcast with all her nerdy pals.
0: Yay! Thank you.
1: And has also requested Jamaica Inn.
0: Oh, uh, Daphne de Maurier.
1: By Daphne de Maurier, yeah. Cornwall. Oh. I've been to the inn itself. It's weird because there's like, like, plaques over are saying that like, this is where this happened. Obviously, it's not real. So, but anyway. <laughs>
0: We've gotten quite a few requests for Daphne de Maurier's Rebecca. If we do any de Maurier, we're probably going to start there purely because that's the more famous text. It's the one that I imagine is taught more. But I have been meaning to read Jamaica Inn for years and years. So,
1: maybe. Also, Rob Roy. I... Is that Walter Scott?
0: That is Walter Scott. I do want to do Scott. I do want to do Scott as well. Again, we'd probably start with Ivanhoe because I... No!
1: Have, correction, we'd do Waverly. Fuck you, Waverly. I want to do Waverly. No. I, I love the Highlanders. Jacobites.
0: We're... Jacobite!
1: <laughs> Blind Lemon Jefferson.
0: Catherine, you have thrown now a cat amongst the pigeons here while we yell at each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, <clears throat> off air, yeah.
0: Right, so Daniel... What is our text today?
1: Banter O oh Muse of Podcasting <laughs> About a pair of poetry vulgarizers owl eyed Abbey and smug mouthed Daniel <laughs> Banter of the grey fingers of dawn that bring forth yet another day in the city of the porridge coloured canals <laughs> <laughs> and of the creature that our heroes encountered there a podcast episode with Countem Two parts Ooh, it's weird It's a monster Banter of how the phallus-finding Vermonter <laughs> And the trivia-wielding brummy Did battle over this two-parted episode Tell of omissions, simplifications, excessive elaborations And tell of how they were lost in the endless recapitulations of their subject Homer's Odyssey, circa 800 BC
0: I am very charmed by that Okay However, did you call me owl-eyed because I have large eyes? Okay, well, I just want to say for the listener that my college roommate's mother asked my college (laughs) roommate if I had that Marty Feldman disease. And she's like, no, Mom, Abby just has big eyes. So thank you, Daniel, for... Is that wrong?
1: I thought that'd be a bit of playful ribbing.
0: So it goes without saying, we're about to spoil this text for you in terms of what we're going to be talking about this is quite a violent poem so just brace yourself for that there's a lot of eye squick so if you are sensitive about stuff to do with eyes big owl eyes like mine brace well, yourself there's only one eye still there's cannibalism abandonment a lot of sexual assault and aggressiveness drowning and shipwrecks suicidal ideation mass shooting with a bow and
1: arrow Oh, that's such a cool bit. yeah <laughs>
0: Lots of slavery, gaslighting, hanging, and cruelty to animals. All right, background me.
1: I will do. So the Odyssey is one of the two major epic poems that are traditionally attributed to this poet called Homer, the other's the Iliad. They depict these event, events that surround this semi-mythological war, the, the Trojan War.
0: Do you think it would be a good idea before we proceed? Because the, the Odyssey is sort of a sequel or a spinoff of I don't
1: the think Iliad. Spin-off.
0: Yeah. Should we do a very very brief recap of the Trojan War and the Iliad?
1: Didn't me. Sing no so. muse.
0: <laughs> so yeah, save me from my shelf. hyper recap here. Helen, the most beautiful woman in the world, was married to King Menelaus of Sparta, and one day Prince Paris of Troy, this sort of young hot twink guy, he came to visit. He and Helen fell in love at first sight, and they ran off in the middle of the night back to Troy causes this big international incident when Menelaus, her husband, wakes up to find his wife gone. He calls on all of his fellow kings of Greece to sail over to Troy and get her back. Troy has these huge impregnable walls, so the city is under siege for 10 years with no side really winning over the other. And in the Iliad, we meet this famous cast of characters over the course of this 10-year war. You've probably heard of these guys, Agamemnon, Hector, Achilles, and Odysseus, among many others. Ajax. Yes, that's among the others. Good job. Thanks. It's Odysseus, one of the Greek kings, who finally figures out how to break the back of this war and get into the city and kill all the Trojans. He's like, we're going to pretend we've all left and gone back to Greece, and we're going to leave this giant wooden horse as a, you know, I'm sorry gift to the city of Troy. It'll secretly, though, have a bunch of our soldiers hidden in the horse's belly, and once the horse is brought in behind the city walls, they can sneak out at night, open the gates, and let our army in where we can slaughter everyone.
1: Imagine making all those packed lunches. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah how do you use the loo yeah good point yeah (laughs) so that's exactly what happens the Trojans are defeated Prince Paris the hot young twink is killed and Helen just basically kind of winks at her ex-husband Menelaus and he's like oh I forgive you and he takes her back to Sparta like nothing ever happened so, that's the the context for the Iliad. Yeah. And the Odyssey specifically follows just as Odysseus, the guy who came up with the horse idea, tr- you know, he leaves after the war, and the whole thing is him trying to get home after all this nincompoopery. Yeah. So, you know, we break off from the big war, and now we just follow this one dude trying to get home after.
1: Yeah. There were... I didn't realize this um, until recently, but there were a whole bunch of other poems, supposedly, that cover other events in the Trojan War. Oh, that's cool. They've all been lost. Not all of them were by Homer as well, some of them were by other kind of mythological poets.
0: So I think that's, we talked about this with the Oedipus episode as well, that this, is sort of mythology that people would have known already Mm. so it's not like homer just came up with this out of the blue like people have this as part of their cultural tradition that was you know predates this poem this is just one instance of them telling it so part of a whole cycle exactly and it's part of this huge network of a ton of different you know stories about the greek gods and various greek heroes and things and so you know the characters will pop in and out of this you get a lot of Greek gods popping in and out of this we know their whole deal already the audience would have known
1: who mm. they were love that guy you'd be like oh I love that guy he's in it Great. It's yeah, old it's, Hephaestus
0: it's, it's the you know Marvel Cinematic Universe of the yeah. ancient world oh, yeah, yeah. oh did you know Tony Stark shows up for a hot second in this one you know Zeus is here could have done with
1: a bit more wisecracking (laughs) so. (laughs) so Homer this poet he was this kind of foundational cultural figure in classical antiquity so like everybody in ancient Greece and Rome you know that was a big name. They all loved his works and they kind of the Greeks in particular like studied him religiously, like Abby was just saying. The poems kind of unite, like politically united the disunited Greeks, thirty states as well. And I think he even wrote or like the poems are written in this kind of sort of artificial poetic language that kind of includes a lot of different dialects. I'm not a classicist, so I I'm happy to be corrected on that. But it's like a very a very like mannered literary form of Greek.
0: Yeah, so just remember that Greece wasn't all just one country here. It was mm. an area that contained several different smaller kingdoms, like all of these little kings that banded together to go fight in Troy to yeah. get back Helen. And
1: but he was like a sort of, um, like a kind of prestige figure, like, like a lot of classical learning.
0: Yeah, and I, I am glad you mentioned we are not classicists. So, you know, if we get something wrong, please let us know. I was a weird Greek mythology preteen if that counts for anything, it does not, but you know, this is not a specialism by any metric. No, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The actual identity of Homer is a bit strange, isn't it? So the legend that the Greeks had was that he was this blind bard who came from Ionia, which is in Turkey today, and he was, lived around the sort of 8th century BCE, the real identity of Homer was called into question during the early modern period and is still a kind of hot topic. It's like a real question, not like the Shakespeare authorship controversy. <laughs> this is real. You know, it's nothing to do with Warwick County Council <laughs> We're making anything up. So the oldest written evidence we have of the Odyssey is some fragments from a Roman tablet from the third century, our era. And the earliest full versions that we have of the poems are from the Middle Ages because people just had to copy them out again and again. So there's no sort of ancient Greek copies of these poems. So scholars are like today, they don't really think that the Iliad and the Odyssey were even written by the same person. They also don't even think that they were written by one author, or even that they were written at all. The interpretation these days is that these works sort of coalesced from a whole body of like oral traditions, from the illiterate culture of the Greek Dark Ages, so that was like the 10th to the 7th century BCE, and that these sort of composite works were eventually sort of put into textual form when the Greeks developed their alphabet you know, in the lead up to the classical era.
0: And I think it's it's worth putting into context that this happens a lot. Mm. So if you think about it in more modern terms, the Brothers Grimm didn't write... The fairy tales that we know and attribute to them, they collected them from all over and they, they sort of collated different versions of the same story. That and changed we, them. And changed them, yeah. They put their own spin on them. And these were things that were just sort of told through oral tradition. Mm. So that's probably what we're looking at here. Yeah. This is a poem. It's meant to be recited aloud. Yeah, it was performed.
1: As I say, though, we're not classicists. This is all just kind of our own, like, oral tradition, As <laughs> not You know, you hear on... Um, from classicists on the radio and stuff, you know, I don't know anything.
0: Yeah, we're reciting this in a way, we're retelling it and putting our spin on it.
1: Hence my um, invocation uh. of the muse in the... Yeah, so yeah, we're reading a translation as well, you know, I, I didn't read ancient Greek, I went to a comprehensive school. <laughs> but we're reading the the recent one by Emily Wilson, so I think she's the first woman to ever write a translation of the Odyssey, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, although, Samuel Butler, the 19th century iconoclast, thought that the Odyssey was originally written by a woman, so...
0: I had heard that that if these were written by single authors, there's a theory that the Iliad was written by a man mm. and the Odyssey was written by a woman. You were talking to me before we started recording
1: about that, about the... Butler's theory was that it was like a teenage girl that Mary sued herself into the <laughs> legend by being Penelope.
0: I was going to say, who's the, that is a dark Mary sued. I just want to cry.
1: Yeah, and weave.
0: And we've- and I'm the one desiring, the husband isn't even that desirous of me. Yeah. (laughs) I just stay at home and just wait.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not great. The theory doesn't really hold out. Yeah, we had the kennings for Beowulf.
0: Remind us what a kenning is?
1: So it's like, um, calling the sea the Swan Road. It's a kind of metaphor that works as a composite of two terms. Homer doesn't do that, but he has these, like, epithets, the famous Homeric epithets that are these, like, recurring formula in the kind of style of the poetry but also in like narrative devices so we'll we'll see these t- used to describe people places and events so Allied Athena, cunning Odysseus, rosy fingered Dawn.
0: If I have to read Rosy fingered Dawn or some variation thereof one more friggin' time, so I got dull. so sick yeah, of I mean, that. Yeah,
1: come on, there are other metaphors out there. And there's also all these like set pieces, aren't there? There's loads of stuff to do with customs about bathing and hospitality, animal sacrifice. So maybe put a few dings in for that, I don't know. We
0: can give that a shot, sure. Yeah. starts, as most epics do, with an invocation of the muse to tell us a story. A story about a complicated man. A man who maybe made some mistakes. A misunderstood man. No, this isn't the story of Woody Allen. Mm. It's about Odysseus. (laughs) Casting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Penelope.
1: All these improbably attractive girlfriends as well. (laughs) You know, um, I often think about Uh, when you're at sea and there's these uh, beautiful women singing (laughs) to you you know don't
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Odysseus the smart guy from the Iliad you know him and after the 10-year war he took another 10 years to get back home when every other man in possession of his faculties just took a direct flight back to Mm -hmm. their houses what's this guy's deal well friend we're about to find out
1: the gods they're all talking they're all up on olympus or whatever and they're all talking over the question of odysseus themselves they've seen him fumble his way across the world for the best part of the last decade and you know they're like what's going on with this guy some of them pity him athena the goddess of war and wisdom most of all but the god of the sea poseidon has it in for him and is very deliberately waylaying him poseidon lord of earthquakes Epithet Yeah, He says that Well it's absurd that mortals blame the gods <laughs> Oh it's absurd <laughs> He wouldn't do it like that would he? Uh, It'd be absurd that mortals blame the gods <laughs> <laughs> They say we cause their suffering But they themselves increase it by folly So you know it's not Poseidon's fault that Odysseus is lost You know don't blame him It's not what. Well, it's not our fault that we punish you is what he's saying Yeah exactly yeah. We,
0: we the gods rule that humans can eat shit and die That's what he's Pretty saying Pretty much
1: yeah so, we find out, and there's this very long flashback about this later, that Odysseus blinded Poseidon's son, the Cyclops Polyphemus, and this is why Poseidon punished him. You know, it's, it's only following the, the law. If you someone blinds your boy, you've got to punish them, right? So it's really Odysseus' own actions that have landed him in the soup.
0: I don't get why Poseidon cares so much about just one kid. Do you have any idea how many kids Poseidon has? It's a matter
1: of honour, though, isn't it? He's
0: the Nick Cannon of
1: the sea. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, yeah, Zeus, the cloud god. Epithet. Epithet. Yeah. No, he's like, it's probably time that we give Odysseus a break. So he sends Hermes, the messenger of the gods, off to go and see Odysseus and help sort out his problems, while Athena goes to find Odysseus' son, Telemachus, to send him on a voyage of his own.
0: So, Athena the owl-eyed goddess, Epithet, she goes to Odysseus' kingdom, Ithaca, and she meets his son, Telemachus. Now, Telemachus has never met his father. He was only a baby when Odysseus went to war about 20 years ago. Odysseus' wife, Penelope, is, she's still, you know, hanging around, and let me tell you, friends, she is a high-caliber milf. <laughs> Penelope's having a bit of a hard time of it, too. Without her husband there, a bunch of local suitors from the island have started sniffing around, and they're trying to convince her that Odysseus must be dead. He's been gone for 20 years, and maybe she should marry one of them and give them access to Odysseus's money and power. She's very, thanks but no thanks, I'm good, because Penelope is the most faithful woman in all of literature. Hooray! Her husband Odysseus, though we'll find out he's monogamish but more on that later Oof. so despite Penelope's refusal the suitors absolutely point-blank refused to leave and the laws of hospitality say she can't kick them out they're really rowdy they're eating and drinking just everything uh, and she's basically living alone with a bunch of guys in a frat it's kind of a smurfette situation
1: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the suitors are getting a little annoyed about it and they're maybe starting to think about murdering her son telemachus that pesky little male heir to the kingdom now telemachus has had it and he's like can you guys please stop sliding into my mom's dms it's creepy but they brush him off as this pesky little kid and a stone-cold block
1: (laughs) surely medusa is the stone-cold block
0: so it's at this point that the goddess athena shows up to help and she's like here's the deal telemachus your dad is alive and he will return but you need to get off the island and find him some help you need to help assist him back home
1: also just see the world a bit it's a bit of a sort of gap year thing for Telem- telemachus <laughs> or isn't it? yeah
0: so penelope does basically nothing in this book except grieve her beloved lost husband i think i I feel a lot more for her, except I grew up watching all of those sad Sarah McLaughlin oh, yeah. commercials. Yeah. I'm completely desensitized to suffering. Like any
1: good literature scholar. <laughs> the early dawn was born, her fingers bloomed.
0: Oh, epithet.
1: Yes. Telemachus gets up, ready for action. He straps his sword across his back and ties his, quote, handsome sandals onto his well-oiled feet. I was oh. thinking he might slip over. A lot of marble everywhere, and you always... Just... <laughs> yeah. He calls a council of all the people of Ithaca to address the problem of the suitors.
0: And these are all Odysseus's sort of, like, local old buddies, yeah. right? Like, their, their group chat's gone real quiet since he went off to war. And...
1: The community WhatsApp, is that what you're thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Saw some funny suitors, walking boy. So the Ithacans are pretty complacent about the whole thing, and the suitors, obviously, they're Ithacans, and, they're, you know, they're there too. And they're pretty irked by Telemachus calling this meeting. And some of them point out that this whole issue is just Penelope's fault. They would all move out of the palace if she just married one of them years ago. Instead, she's been waylaying them with all kind of tricks. The very famous trick is that she said that she wouldn't marry anyone until she'd woven a shroud for her ailing father-in-law. And quote, so every day she wove the mighty cloth and then at night by torchlight she unwove it. For three long years her trick beguiled the Greeks and then eventually one of her slaves daubed her into the suitors.
0: She's dread pirate Robert sing them. Good night, maybe I'll marry one of you in the morning. Also, how weak are the threads on that shroud? Like, that's some Primarch-level shit.
1: Telemachus calls on Zeus, and he curses the suitors, and saying, like, he says, like, if you don't leave now, then by Zeus you'll die here. At that point... Two of Zeus's great eagles come and swoop at the suitors, quote, reaching the noisy middle of the crowd, they wheeled and whirred and flapped their mighty wings, swooping at each man's head with eyes like death, and with their talons ripped each face and neck. Everyone's like, what does that mean then? <laughs>
0: it means Telemachus is a beast master, that's what that yeah, means. Yeah, I
1: reason get out is what I think it means. <laughs> I know,
0: I would never stop running. If somebody cursed me to Zeus and then Zeus's eagles were like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'd be gone. Yeah, but... There would be an abbey-shaped hole in the wall.
1: And remember, wow. this is a marble wall. <laughs> uh, so, Telemachus, he's like, oh no, I'm on the right side, but I don't know what to do. Athena turns up again and she's like, yep, yeah, you've got to go to the mainland. There you can find out about your dad, maybe even bring back allies. Meanwhile, the suitors are like...
0: Your ass is grass, Telemachus. Yeah, what
1: if when Telemachus were to meet with an unfortunate accident (laughs) while en route? There's the the kind of vulgar American (laughs) suitor, and then uh, there's sort of kind of fusty English suitor.
0: But my question is, why does Telemachus never entertain even for a second, that maybe his dad sailed out for a pack of smokes and ain't coming back.
1: Yeah. Telemachus's nanny slash slave, Eurycleia, she's like, oh, don't go. Please don't go. Things will only get worse with the suitors if you're not here to keep them in check.
0: You're not going to do the voice the whole time? The weird Borat voice? (laughs) I
1: don't know what that was. I'm sorry, everyone. And he's like, don't worry, it'll be fine. Uh, But promise me, you will not tell Mother until she notices me gone, saying nothing for 12 days, so she will not start crying it would spoil her pretty skin <laughs> first of all
0: okay first the fuck of all she is always perpetually crying secondly surely spoiling her pretty skin would make her less boinkable so that's a net gain for you telemachus mm. thirdly you live in the same palace as your mother and she's not going to notice your ass gone for almost two weeks
1: it's a big palace
0: and finally don't talk about your mother's sexy skin, Edgeen. Who's that then? Serial killer. So Telemachus sets off on his big adventure. He goes looking for answers. Oh, so- le-
1: read the line. Leaving the ocean streams, the sun leapt up into the sky of bronze to shine his light for gods and mortals on the fertile earth. I love that stuff.
0: I left all the poetry for you. You're the poet of the I, two I know, of us. I know. So it's a bit of a detective story here a little bit like Oedipus Rex. Oh
1: yeah, I didn't think that.
0: That he you know he's he's trying to hunt down who was the last person to see my father alive. Mm. So he makes his first stop to go visit Nestor, which is one of the heroes of the Trojan War. And Nestor and his dudes are all having this big sacrificial cleansing party on a beach because after the Trojan War, they failed to properly honor the gods. So a lot of them had trouble returning home like Odysseus did. Mm. The first rule of ancient Greece, you must honor the gods. So Telemachus is like, hey Nestor, we're looking for my dad. He's been missing these 10 years, you know, since, since Troy, nobody's seen him. Did you happen to see him die in battle or like, what's up? Nestor uses this opportunity to start telling war stories, and he recaps the Iliad, and Orestes, and a bunch of other famous stories that are sort of tangentially related to Odysseus' mm-hmm. plight, and it just goes on and on, and Telemachus is finally like, "'Yeah, yeah, that's great. Have you seen my fucking dad, though?' And long story short, because there is a lot of feasting and ceremony here, Nestor hasn't seen him, but uh, hey, maybe you should go ask King Menelaus, husband of the now returned stirrer and all around haughty Helen of Troy. As my grandpa used to say, she's the sort of lady who would make a fella write bad checks. So Telemachus is like, fine, and he makes it to his next stop, which, by the way, I'm going to tell you guys. This is his last stop in the book. This is as far as he gets because Menelaus and Helen are going to like hold him up for the whole book. So Telemachus goes to Sparta, to the court of Menelaus and Helen, and they have a very divorced couple trying to make it work energy. Like 50 bucks says these haunted assholes have a peloton in their house. Oh. <laughs> Telemachus shows up interrupting a family wedding, and it looks like he's going to get bounced at the door. But, quote, flushed Menelaus shouted angrily, We two were fed by many different hosts before returning home, as we may hope for Zeus to keep us safe in future times.
1: The second rule of ancient Greece, be hospitable.
0: Be aggressively hospitable. Yeah. I just think about that Dylan Moran bit where he talks about, like, if somebody comes over, you have to bring out every piece of food in your larder
1: yeah, 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 or else they'll
0: yeah. talk bad about you in the village here exactly. eat this you f- it is a lot
1: like provincial Ireland.
0: <laughs> um. so yeah there's a lot of like hospitality culture that runs through this mm. we finally cut to the chase menelaus have you seen my dad menelaus he he waxes poetic on odysseus oh he misses odysseus something fierce and i'm starting to think maybe a little queer reading he really misses Odysseus. At this point, Helen of Troy makes her big, glam entrance, and she sort of looks Telemachus up and down, and she's like, who's this jabroni? Mm. Ass <laughs> looks exactly like that Odysseus guy from that time, honey, remember that time I f***ed <laughs> another dude for 10 years? Remember? Yeah. Helen is such a dirtbag. I have never loved anyone more. I mean, I know everyone loves Helen of Troy, mm, but. Yeah.
1: What about um, those when she's like, oh, I remember Odysseus. Because she ran into him on some secret mission behind the walls of Troy. And she's like, I swore an oath I would not reveal him to the Trojans. By then I wanted to go home. I wish that Aphrodite had not made me go crazy when she took me from my country and made me leave my daughter and the bed I shared with my fine, handsome, clever husband. Uh, which is such a great, I just went crazy, you know. Like...
0: Oh, I can't, it cannot possibly be held accountable. Is Helen taking the piss here? Like, is she, is she actually trying to sweet talk her husband, or is, she, is this read sarcastically? Oh, you
1: think it's a sort of uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? My fine, handsome, clever husband. Oh, if
0: Aphrodite didn't make me go crazy all over another guy's, dick. <laughs> sorry. That's
1: <laughs> what well, Aphrodite does, in fairness. <laughs> anyway telemachus apprises menelaus of the situation the missing dad the suitors all that and he's like have you any news of odysseus's whereabouts do not sugarcoat it menelaus is like well i had my own long voyage home as we already heard from Nestor. all the greeks had a kind of slightly rough journey and i was on this island off the coast of egypt where i chanced upon the old sea god proteus i a little sunbathe with his seals.
0: This is crazy. He tells us about this, like, little side quest.
1: There's a good bit. So, yeah, what you have to do is, Proteus knows everything, but you have to, like, sort of catch him before he'll reveal anything to He's you. He's a
0: fucking leprechaun. Yeah, so...
1: <laughs> He's the old man of the sea, isn't he? So he is a little kind of like... Ooh.
0: You know, yeah, so yeah. if, like, if you're struggling and you're like, ooh, I think the gods are mad at me, Proteus is going to be the one to say who you pissed off and what you have to do to stop it. But but you got to catch me on yeah. the f- gingerbread man
1: so the trick is on this like island of the coast of Egypt where Proteus hangs out you've got to wait till he gets tired from counting all of his uh, not sheep seals (laughs) sheep is the normal one (laughs) Um, and so he takes a nap while he's napping you have to jump on him and refuse to let him go and then he'll like turn into all different things all animals then water then a holy fire if you manage to hold on to him for all of that he'll tell you what the deal is Menelaus does that, and the old god explains to him that the Greeks hadn't been sufficiently respectful of the gods, that's where they got lost, including Odysseus, and Proteus is like, you want to know where Odysseus is? He's currently weeping on Calypso's island.
0: Ooh, just drop a little flag on Google Maps, just pinpoint that for you. Also, this whole quest is sort of the equivalent of, like, in an RPG to get you to learn how the, the game controls work this is the thing that you have to do to be like, the tutorial.
1: Oh, yeah. And Proteus would be like, good job, you press triangle effectively. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, Menelaus, he performed all the necessary sacrifices. Lo and behold, he got home to Sparta.
0: And he just never said anything to anyone. Like, oh, by the way, I heard Odysseus is, like, trapped and weeping on the goddess Calypso's island. He, he never sent help, never sent word back to Ithaca or anything. Useless. No wonder Helen left you.
1: Telemachus prepares to return to Ithaca.
0: But Menelaus is like he's he's got very divorced energy. Just another
1: cup of tea. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well he invites Telemachus to stay for a few weeks because, you know, his wife doesn't really seem to like him that much. And Telemachus is like, sorry, buddy, I already have plans. But the third law of ancient Greece is you don't turn down hospitality. Yeah. You can't refuse it to people. And you can't really turn it down. So poor Telemachus is like trapped at this never-ending house party. So next, the goddess Athena goes to a big god board meeting in the sky with Thunder Lord Zeus. Epithet. She reports that she and Telemachus they've located Odysseus. He's trapped by the goddess Calypso on her sex island. And guys, we gotta get him home.
1: Poseidon is away on business. That's why they can do this. Oh, this
0: is some succession bullshit. Yes, it is
1: like that. He's oh, in almost. Ethiopia, well, attending <laughs> a ritual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quick, have the board meeting without him. Yes, it's just get, like get that. His yeah, get his yeah, shares, get his shares, Roman! Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Zeus says, Oh, that is just classic Calypso. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll send her a season and desist notice. Messenger of the gods, Hermes, you need to go and talk to Calypso and make sure that she knows she needs to give up Odysseus. So Hermes goes to the cavern where... Can we have
1: the bit where Hermes flies? He flies off and, quote, plunged into the sea and swooped between the waves, just like a seagull catching fish, wetting its whirring wings in tireless brine. So Hermes scudded through the surging swell. Then finally he reached the distant land, stepped from the indigo water to the shore, and reached the cavern where the goddess lived. That's a great bit.
0: I like Hermes as Scuttle from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Also, Calypso lives in a cavern. Is that a vaginal reading? Woo. Yes, it is.
1: Bring it. Bring it on.
0: So Hermes shows up and he delivers the bad news. Zeus says you gotta release your hostage boyfriend. Sorry. Calypso has a go at Hermes. How typical that all the male gods can go around raping and imprisoning and impregnating humans. But when a goddess does it... And I will say this, Daniel. I've mm-hmm. said it before, and I'll say it again. Not letting me keep a sex slave is misogyny. And I'm I'm tired of it.
1: Um, yeah, you're, you're right. The sort of libertarian feminism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, Calypso continues, because she's pretty pissed off about this. I rescued Odysseus when his ship wrecked near my island, and his ass turned up here looking like a piece of chewed gum. So finders keepers. <laughs> and he says, now, now, you don't want to piss off zeus do you and she's like fine whatever so hermes goes out and this is the first time we see our hero this is the first time we see odysseus what's he doing Weapon his ass I'll just carry on, shall okay. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's weeping oh. and looking out to sea. Yeah, okay,
1: boring.
0: He and Penelope were just made for each other. Odysseus cries during most of this when he doesn't go on, like, violent rampages.
1: Boo.
0: Calypso turns up and she's like, Sup, baby? I'll offer you immorality. Immorality? I'll offer you that too. <laughs> I'll offer you. You get that free. <laughs> <laughs> I'll offer you immortality if you decide to stay with me, because this loser over here says, Zeus says, you gotta go home. Odysseus is like, hmm, thanks, but no thanks, love.
1: Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am.
0: is <laughs> <laughs> like, fine, you're fired from me. Get your raggedy ass to making a raft and get gone. Hmm? So then we have a montage of Odysseus making the raft, and finally, he sails off. He's spotted by Poseidon.
1: He's on his way back, isn't he, from Ethiopia?
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, you're on the sea now, are you, Five. My turf. So clearly the other gods had a board meeting without me. Uh huh, uh huh. And they decided to help you get home. Mm hmm. Well, not on my fing watch. Quote, He gathered up the clouds and seized his trident and stirred round the sea and roused the gusts of every wind and covered the earth and sea with fog.
1: Every wind, right? Daniel? I'm just saying. Where are it?
0: you going with this?
1: It's, just, it's, not buddy? Just, it's not just some little storm here. This is every wind.
0: I thought you were going to make a fart joke because I know how you do.
1: Oh, sorry. No.
0: <laughs> Soon a giant wave capsizes Odysseus's raft. Then I know...
1: Stop! I thought of a really great joke. Go on. <laughs> Say, guess who comes along. Say that.
0: Then guess who comes
1: along. I know. <laughs> you know what? I know. You know what? I'm saying I know! <laughs> Who's on next? It's
0: like that. We're such assholes. Can you guys believe this podcast is free?
1: Yeah. It's a good joke, I think. (laughs) Yes. A hundred years young.
0: (laughs) I know who is a minor sea goddess. She turns up and she's like, wow, what'd you do to piss Poseidon off so bad? Hey, I'll help you out of this scrape. And he's like, oh, good. Can you magic me back home? And she's like, I sure can't, friend. Instead, I'll give you some advice. And he's like, ma'am, I am literally drowning. (laughs) And she's like, okay, okay. Here's the advice swim oh and it's better if you're naked when you do it bye and then he finally washes ashore i made it to land poseidon
1: peace nausicaa the princess of the Phaeacians. uh we cut to her she's lounging around at home athena turns up as per and she's in the guise of her the, the this princess's best friend and she's like oh there's lots of dirty clothes around your room <laughs> maybe it's time you did a wash
0: you little grublet
1: Well that's just this a little clue About dark age Greece Isn't it That even the aristocracy Had to do their own laundry So yeah Nautica's like Sure Good idea She heads down to the river And we get this really good bit With the washing I like the minutia I don't care about You know all the All the magic I want this Quote, they reach the lovely river where the pools are always full. The water flows in streams and bubbles flow up from underneath to wash even the dirtiest of laundry. It could be an advert, couldn't it? That?
0: I actually said here because it's all very like idyllic and I, this sounds like a tampon commercial.
1: Ooh, even better. Don't know why. Um, <laughs> so, the girls brought out the laundry from the cart and brought it to the washing pools and trod it, competing with each other. When the dirt was gone, they spread the clothes along the shore where salt sea washes pebbles to the beach. They bathed and rubbed themselves of olive oil. Then they sat on the riverbank and ate, and waited for the sun to dry the clothes. So it's all lovely and idyllic.
0: They're eating salads and laughing at the salads, and you know, it's yeah. again, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. or maybe it's like, maybe yogurt, maybe it's a yogurt commercial.
1: Yeah, some kind of yogurt tampon type <laughs>
0: thing. It's all the same. It's just women looking blissful and wearing white trousers.
1: Just then, quote, Odysseus jumped up from the bushes. Grasping a leafy branch, he broke it off to cover his manly private parts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, ladies. Can I borrow a cup of shirt?
1: <laughs> he looks like crap. But he, you know, he's got the gift of the gab as Odysseus. That's one of his, like, skills. He managed to, to smooth talk himself out of this awkward situation. So Nausicaa, she's like, here's some clothes. Here's some olive oil for bathing. Yeah, another classic bath scene. Go and see my parents, King Alcynaus and Queen Arete, to ask for help.
0: So they go back to Nausicaa's palace and the courtiers ask Odysseus to tell his story. And he recaps basically everything we've heard up until this point, but he doesn't tell them his name. And they're a really hospitable people, so they decide to kit Odysseus up with a ship and 52 strapping men to row it to help him get wherever he's going. But before he goes, more hospitality and more partying. And it just goes on for ages. We have this little mini Olympic Games wrestling, boxing, racing, jumping, discus. And all I can think, and you're, I know you're gonna yell at me because it's probably not one of the better Simpsons episodes, but that ancient Greece Odyssey Simpsons episode. That episode. Discus stews got Uzo for tuzo.
1: God, yeah.
0: All of the athletes on the island beg Odysseus to take part. Come on, stranger, this'll be fun. Or else. But Odysseus is just a real miserable fucker, and he weeps all the time, and he just wants to go home. Everyone's partying too loud when I want to have a good cry. I have never suffered in silence. If I'm in pain, the world should be in pain.
1: That's they say that about Achilles in the Iliad—that he's just like he's all like. like that they, that's a kind of. Then was he had like a different idea of manliness? There's no strong silent type in ancient Greece.
0: One dude on the island is kind of a jerk and he mocks Odysseus for not being quarterback material. Uh, what, you just want to sit on the sidelines and cry? So Odysseus. Yes,
1: please. Oh, <laughs> crazy.
0: I, like, I was
1: like that in PE. I was just like, yep, that's fine by me. I will
0: happily sit <laughs> yeah. here and cry yeah. for the full 55 minute I'm period. You're crying anyway, I might as well sit here. <laughs> So they give him the discus, and he ultimate frisbees that thing really far. Like that discus is in Cambodia when it lands, Whoa. and that kind of puts a little spring in his step. And he he has a complete 180 mood switch, and he's very like, who else wants to challenge me? I'll take you all at once. Any sport, one bollock tied behind my back. I'm the world's <laughs> greatest archer. I'm not so good an archer that I could best the gods. I already have enough of them pissed off at me, so I'm not going to make that claim, but I am better than any mortal by a country mile." So his like, mood disorder, or whatever this is, <laughs> kicks into overdrive, and it makes the crowd kind of go silent, and one dude's like, yeah, okay, we're good, you've ruined sports for us. There's a ton more feasting and partying and singing and telling stories about the Greek gods, blah blah, tons of filler material here. Can we
1: have what they eat? Sure. Twelve sheep. <laughs> Eight boars with silver tusks and two slow lumbering cows.
0: Guys, get some fiber in your diet. Yeah. I, I... Oh
1: Yeah, constipation, you're right.
0: Odysseus yeah. is going to need a colonoscopy before long. Greek word. <laughs> <laughs> then there's some more singing, but this time it's about something familiar. They sing about the Trojan War and about that hero, Odysseus, and his clever trick with the Trojan horse. They have no idea that the guy who did it is right there on their futon. Odysseus is so... <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. He's so moved, I guess, by hearing about his no, own exploits... No, it's like a PTSD thing, isn't it? That he's, well, he starts crying. And he starts crying so hard that even the narrator pulls us, the audience, to the side. And they're kind of like... You know how a woman would cry if, like, she saw her husband brutally killed in front of her? (laughs) Like, really scream crying? Well, that's what Odysseus is doing at this party, and it's weird. One of the dudes pulls Odysseus aside, and he's like, Hey, buddy, what's wrong? Did you lose somebody at Troy? Do you want to tell us your name and your story? And Odysseus goes... "'Tis I, Odysseus, whose exploits you just sang in epic, and I'm going to tell you why I'm so f***ing sad.'" And this is what I remember of the Odyssey. Like, this is what I thought the whole story was. I did not realise how much of this book is preamble.
1: Mm, And indeed postamble.
0: But so, like, the bit that we all associate with the Odyssey starts really late in the poem.
1: So anyway, here we are. We're at the bit.
0: Gird your loins, people. Yeah, this, this is a famous bit. Yeah,
1: that's biblical. We don't want that. No lo- loin girding here, please. Get him out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the yeah. This is the famous bit. Who are you, stranger? Wily Odysseus, the lord of lies. Epithet, Epithet. answered. Where shall I start? Where can I end? I'm Odysseus, Laertes' son, known for my many tr- clever tricks and lies. Let me tell you all the trouble Zeus has caused me on my journey home from Troy. So, I'm just going to kind of summarize some of these bits. After leaving Troy. Odysseus and the Ithacan fleet, they were blown off course toward Ismarus, where the tribe of Sycones lives. I love those guys, the Sycones. Well, you know, don't get too attached to them. Odysseus sacked the town, killed the men, and stole the women.
0: Why? Just
1: because? That's just what you do. That's what you do. Unfortunately, however, the Psycones' allies turned up and fought the Ithacans away.
0: Textbook, f*** around and find out. I have no sympathy. (laughs) Exactly,
1: yeah. Then a storm hit the fleet, driving it toward, quote, the island of those who live on food from luscious lotus. Odysseus sent some scouts to go and see the locals, and they shared the delicious fruit of the lotus with them.
0: Yeah, the, the land of the lotus eaters is basically the land of the potheads. Everyone's just eating fistfuls of opium.
1: Which made them forget all about their home. So this is like, you're coming back with me. You know, you can't have this nice life on this lake. You know, I wouldn't mind that. Just kind of eat, well, eating drugs all day.
0: I remember this bit being significantly longer. No. But the, these are sort of like junior-versity monsters in this section and not much to report. Like, that's it.
1: Yep. Next. Now we get a bit more detail. Here we go. Yep, Here we go. Big it. episode. Next. They arrived at the country of the reckless Cyclopes. Cyclopses. I even, Cyclopes is the plural of Cyclops. <laughs> Lacking in customs They put trust in the gods And do not plant their food From seed Nor plough And yet the barley a Little bit of barley On an island mm-hmm. Grain And clustering wine grapes All flourish there Increased by rain from Zeus They hold no councils Have no common laws But live in caves On lofty mountaintops And each makes laws For his own wife and children Without concern For what the others think So Odysseus lands on this island Of all of these, libertarians like, li- Yeah li- Yeah
0: So basically, these huge, one-eyed giants are protected by the gods to do whatever the hell they want. So what should Odysseus and his men do? They should maybe really mess with the Cyclops and steal their goats. Now, they find one Cyclops who's a bit more of a loner than the rest, and he's just got a real, like, homeschooled energy. This cyclops name is Polyphemus If you remember from the beginning He's the son of Poseidon The god of the sea And this is the interaction that's going to put Odysseus and Poseidon in a little bit of a Biggie Tupac feud for the rest of the poem
1: He's a biggie fella isn't he uh, Polyphemus <laughs> is
0: While Polyphemus the cyclops is out herding His sheep and goats one day Odysseus grabs his 12 best dudes And they do a felony beanie And they break into the cave house And they steal a ton of the Cyclops' cheese and lambs and bring it back to their boats. Like Odysseus is just a flat-out felon. This is such a like a hospitality violation. They then contemplate sailing away right there, quote, but I refused. I hope to see him and find out if he would give us gifts. Oh. The giant monster you just robbed. <laughs> Friends, I am about to enjoy this uh light-hearted story about consequences. Right now, I'm about as good as sober gets. So Odysseus, again, takes his 12 best dudes and they (laughs) roll back into that cave like a bunch of heads. and they make themselves right at home, they light a fire, they eat more stolen cheese, they sacrifice some of the goats, and they wait for the cyclops to come home. Really sucks to be them because when Polyphemus comes home and locks up for the night, my dude really locks up for the night. He rolls an enormous stone in front of the cave's entrance so nothing can get in or out. He turns around and sees the band of felons. Odysseus explains who they are, and he says, Zeus punished them by blowing them off course, but also Zeus super-duper loves us, so please don't hurt us, and also, can we have a gift, please and thank you? <laughs> Present now. <laughs> so then the Cyclops jumps up and smacks two of Odysseus's men to the floor, Quote, he ripped them limb from limb to make his meal, then ate them like a lion on the mountains, devouring flesh entrails and marrow bones the rest of the men freak out as yeah, you would oh, do yeah.
1: can we just say when he does brain the things he the he, men the men he, he knocks them against the ground like puppies Ooh. are people killing puppies also another god of his travels thing he says that he's like when he's on the giant island he's like i could have just been squashed like a puppy was what? there a, was there a time between 800 bc and like 1800 ad when everybody just willy-nilly trod on puppies
0: so all the rest of the men they they start weeping and praying to zeus and zeus is kind of honestly avoiding them like they used to date he's popping some popcorn sitting back seeing how this whole situation plays out now odysseus sees this and he is madder than a wet hen and he (laughs) contemplates stabbing the cyclops to death when he falls asleep but then he remembers Great big rock in front of the cave. We need this guy alive so he can roll that stone away in the morning. So Polyphemus, you know, he he gets the sort of like full belly nap time post-Thanksgiving slumber. Mm. Goes to sleep. Wakes up in the morning. Does some light chores around the house. Grabs two more men. mm, Gets to the creamy center. All part of a nutritious breakfast. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, goes out and he tends his flock whistling. Walls them back in.
1: Polyphemus is going to progressively eat his whole crew.
0: You know know the phrase, I'm a total snack? That works for Odysseus on two levels.
1: So Odysseus is like, I need to do something before everyone gets killed. Quote, I made my plan. Beside the pen, wait, that's not the Odysseus voice, is it? I should do, we need an Odysseus voice, shouldn't, don't we? Pretend
0: your balls have dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
1: I made my plan Beside the pen
0: I'm so sorry sorry.
1: Beside the pen there stood a great big club Green olive wood Which he had cut to dry To be his walking stick It was so massive that it looked to us Like a ship's mast
0: Mm, You're serving Brian blessed I dig it. dig it
1: That's my Odysseus And he and his remaining men scraped it down and sharpened one end Now here's another thing about the cave It's full of dung so, okay,
0: wait, 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 wait. I know. Okay, uh, is it implied that the animals did this, or that Polyphemus just did a big heck and poop?
1: <laughs> I think it's a cocktail.
0: <laughs> he just leaves it there. Yeah.
1: Pooping on the floor. He's, they're wild men. They don't know. Just in the corner of the cave. It's fine. And then But he ground. could just
0: go outside.
1: Well, if you put a boulder in the, in the middle of the night, it's dark. I don't okay. Know. So anyway, Odysseus has this sh- massive shiv that he's made. The dung is so huge that he can hide the shiv under a nearby pile of it. A sh- shiv. Yep, yeah, a sh- shiv. The sh- shiv that sh- shiv. <laughs> <laughs> so, Odysseus' men have, for some reason, they brought some wine with them for their exploration of the island. You know, I suppose you need a drink at, all the time. And um, <laughs> that night. <laughs> When Polyphemus gets back from a hard day milking and herding and shepherding and things, he's like, "Oh, uh, how about you have a cup of this wine, Polyphemus?" And um,
0: how big is the cup? Then? Well, that's what
1: I was wondering.
0: Because Odysseus gets Polyphemus drunk yes. on three glasses of this. Yeah,
1: thanking you kindly, stranger.
0: Is either the strongest wine known to man, or he's serving him great big goblets of it. I think it.
1: Polyphemus has never had it before. Oh, maybe lightweight. The giant likes it, he has a bit more. He's like, thank you. What's your name? And Odysseus is like, hmm, <laughs> My name is no man. <laughs> My family and friends, because I have them, call me no man. And Polyphemus is like, well, thank you very much. I'll eat you last.
0: Yeah, oh, little buddy, the last thing I want to do is hurt you. Yeah. It's still on the list. It's still on the list. Last, the last, but last the thing. The last yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: literally. And then he conks out, completely drunk. Here we go. Here's the beer. Let's have the passage in full, please. Full passage.
0: Right, so now here. He's passed out. What's their plan, Daniel? With the Shiv.
1: (laughs) All conquering sleep took him. In drunken heaviness, he spewed wine from his throat and chunks of human flesh.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: We've all been there, haven't we? Uh, (laughs) What did I do last night? (laughs) And then I drove the spear into the embers to heat it up and told my men be brave the fire soon had seized the olive spear green though it was and terribly it glowed my crew stood firm some god was breathing courage in us they say that a lot don't they some god I think that's an epithet no okay they took the olive spear its tip all sharp and shoved it in his eye (laughs) I leaned on top and twisted it as when a man drills wood for shipbuilding Below the workers spin the drill with straps stretched out from either end So round and round it goes And so we whirled the fire sharp weapon in his eye His blood poured out around the stake And blazing fire sizzled his lids and brows And fried the roots Jesus As when a blacksmith dips an axe or adze to temper it in ice cold water So did his eyeball crackle on the spear Horribly, then he howled. The rocks resounded, and we shrank back in fear. He tugged the spear out of his eye, all soaked with gushing blood. It's a good bit, isn't it? I love eye gouging.
0: <sighs> well, credit where credits due. I mean, Odysseus is really the MVP of his Oedipus cosplay group.
1: Well, that, see, I was going to say that because we had the same bit in Oedipus too, with excellent bit. And I just is a little mini analysis thing. I was just thinking of, you know, ekphrasis, the uh, rhetorical practice of describing an artwork, like a visual artwork verbally mm-hmm. without people being able to see it. I was thinking that the Greeks poetry, like in Oedipus Rex, of de- tearing out eyes, that's like the sort of like purist ekphrasis because it's like, you, you ain't going to see any anymore so I'm going to describe to you
0: oh, that's the destruction
1: cool. of your own eye.
0: Oh, that's gross. I love it. Yeah.
1: So that's my little... Ugh. You think anyone heard any of this? Yeah, you better believe they did. There was a massive hoo-ha. So the other cyclopses are like, well, I don't normally bother on my neighbours because I'm a... Libertarian. Yeah, you know, do what you like. But I might drop by. Is everything okay, Polyphemus? The giants say.
0: You're being kind of loud over there, bud.
1: Yeah, keep, keep it down. My liberty begins <laughs> where yours ends. How about that? And Polyphemus is like, my friends, no man is killing me. And they're like, okay, well, that's a funny way of saying that you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but sure, that's fine. Okay, see you later then. Quiet down. Um, he couldn't...
0: I, I, I do think that this is the one, like, little technicality plot point that I hate. He couldn't say, somebody's just stabbed me in the eye. There are a bunch of small dudes that I've been eating, yeah. and they stabbed me.
1: What are the chances that the trick's going to work?
0: Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And I know I know, we're meant to suspend our disbelief a bit here. I mean, for God's sake, there are... We're talking about gods and magic potions and monsters. This is
1: the bit. You're I, right. I know. Silly. Yeah. No man is killing me. Right? <sighs> so stupid. Right. A, so. Woman, a woman could be. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I am, am no, no man. man. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So the blinded Cyclops, rather than getting any assistance, he rolls open the stone at the door he sits there with his arms outspread hoping the men are going to make a break for it and then he'll catch them when they run by but don't forget odysseus is really really smart and he tells us at length how clever he is really clever so he ropes together a bunch of the giant's sheep and he puts them into little bundles of three one for each of his remaining men, and he straps each man to the belly of the middlest sheep. So if the cyclops reaches out to touch whatever's moving nearby, he'll just feel some strangely clumped, rope together sheep. <laughs> this is some real Kevin McAllister sh**. He's, <laughs> he's one step away from walking out behind a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan.
1: <laughs> so now we've got the uh Macaulay culkin <laughs> casting
0: <laughs> stop trying to preempt my casting odysseus tells us he even saves the cyclops's best ram for himself to make super duper sure that he odysseus survives but literally all of odysseus's plans are just about being smuggled in the belly of animals
1: mm-hmm. yes good point
0: so the cyclops lets the sheep out to graze he doesn't notice that they're in these weird little bundles of three and so the men get away. <laughs>
1: can we... Are you going to mention the bit where he talks to Odysseus' ram? That's Man. a really sad bit. He's all like, "Odysseus's ram goes out last. And he's all like, that's funny. You're going out last, my favorite. You're obviously sad for your your daddy. Your, <laughs> your daddy's at his eye poked out, and you're sad for him. And that, I really feel sorry for Polyphemus at that bit.
0: Polyphemus has done nothing wrong. Well, he kind
1: of has. But uh,
0: He defended his property.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, still.
0: I, I mean. If anything, Daniel, he is guilty of being American as shit. This court acquits you, sir. So Odysseus and the men, they make it back to the ship. They steal some of these sheep. They start rowing for dear life. And once they're far enough out on the boat, Odysseus screams back at the Cyclops, and this is verbatim, Hey, you, Cyclops, idiot. <laughs> And he starts mouthing off very nana 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 and the cyclops comes out of his cave, you know, stumbling around. He rips a rock out of the hill and Odysseus is like, ooh, big blind cyclops going to try to throw something. You expect me to be scared? And he's like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Mm. And the cyclops throws the rock at them based just on where their voices are, and he is so accurate that he only just barely misses their boat. Uh, Worse yet, the big splash from the huge rock propels the boat backward towards the island. It doesn't look good for Odysseus. In this D&D setup, Odysseus needs to roll a 19 to escape. Can he do it, Daniel? Oh, he rolls a natural 20! Odysseus and his men, they're able to row for their lives, and when they get far out enough odysseus yells back again despite his crew begging him <laughs> not <laughs> to listen
1: here it it's odysseus it's not sporting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he yells back essentially saying just so we're really really clear cyclops in case you ever need to get revenge i odysseus robbed you and the city
1: sucker epithet He's <laughs> epithet in himself
0: <laughs> and ruined your life and here is my home address and my wife's name and my social security number the Cyclops then begs his father Poseidon to curse Odysseus and ensure that he'll never be able to return home. Quote, "Or if it is fated that he will see his family, then let him get there late and with no honor, in pain and lacking ships, and having caused the death of all his men, and let him find more trouble in his own house." So, if I am one of Odysseus's dudes hearing this right now, I would start sharpening my knives cuz his ass would be in that ocean and mutiny mutiny
1: mutiny his ass
0: yeah he, this is the head of the snake
1: after leaving Cyclops Island my favorite area of Disneyland <laughs> um, Odysseus and his fleet reached the floating island which is ruled by Aeolus this is a sort of another of these magical places you get inhabited by Aeolus and his six sons of daughters and they're all married to each other
0: Mm-hmm. Just imagine an island of Targaryens but without the sex appeal.
1: Odysseus is welcomed into this kind of weird incest commune and he stayed for a month. Aeolus, quote, is steward of the winds. So when Odysseus was leaving the island, he was like, here's a bag, it's got all the wind in it, uh, wind bags thing. Um, you can use it maybe to power your boat back to Ithaca.
0: It's a weird doggy bag.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he farts in a bag and gives it to... (laughs) there we go. So Odysseus is like, well thank Can you can stranger, and heads off, the men, they didn't know what was in Odysseus's bag. And so, while they were sailing back to Ithaca from Aeolus, all, all well and good, they were getting all jealous and saying, he's got any presents.
0: Okay, what's about to happen is entirely Odysseus' fault. He can't keep his fat feta hole shut, and he starts bragging to his men about all the dope gifts he got, because that king really loved me. But he doesn't tell them what the gifts are. So what a shock that his men start poking around.
1: No, it's the men's fault for, for the politics of envy. More libertarianism, please. They, they, do, they were in sight, within sight of Ithaca, weren't they? That's the thing. That's the sad thing about all this. <laughs> they were within sight of the place. You could see it. You could see the, the mole.
0: The mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it's an American thing. It's like a shopping center. But then Odysseus fell asleep. He's like, well, that's my job done. Fell asleep. So the, the men all sneak up and open the bag, and all the winds flew out at once. Quote, a blast of storm wind whooshed the ship back to the island of Great Aeolus, who had no intention of repeating his previous offer. He's like, No, you pulls that up, the gods clearly hate you.
0: <laughs> Aeolus is like, Well, that sounds like an Odysseus problem, not an Aeolus problem. I'm not affiliated with you.
1: Aeolus. That's what that means. <laughs>
0: So he, he leaves Aeolus' island and they land, instead, on the island of Aeaea. you
1: yeah, awesome. meant to pronounce it like AEA, <laughs> no, A-E-a. no consonants here.
0: <laughs> it's spelled A-E-A-E-A.
1: Yeah, old pronounce... Macdonald. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on, that, on that island he had some pigs.
0: Home of the beautiful and dreadful goddess Circe. The men land there, they're like, okay, it's, l- let's ask for directions because we're lost. We'll just go up to the front door. We'll knock. I bet Circe is nice. Odysseus agrees. But uh, hey, let's uh, let's split into two groups. And uh, you guys, your group can go first. I'll stay here and protect the something something. Mm. So the first band of men go up to Cersei's house, and they see a beautiful woman singing and weaving, while surrounded by tamed lions and wolves. That's
1: cool, isn't it?
0: Yeah, in my academic opinion, that is awesome, and my critical secondary sources are rad movies. Okay. Cersei is very hospitable, and she asks the men in, and she makes them some food. And then she secretly mixes in a bunch of magic drugs and feeds it to the men, and that makes them spontaneously turn into pigs. But, and this is so sick, I love Cersei for this, she makes sure that their minds remain human so they can have a real good freak out.
1: Piggy body, man's mind. (laughs) You you. just (laughs) imagine.
0: Or the other way around. Yeah, there
1: we go, yeah. most men. That's what you should be saying. Most men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she leads them out to the pigsty, and she's just like, Ha, this is a great practical joke. You burnt.
1: One guy survived this ordeal. I think he's just got like a curly tail or something. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> <laughs> he runs back to tell Odysseus, and he's like, Well, I'm not hearing of my boys being treated like that. So he heads over to confront Cersei. En route, Hermes turns up to warn Odysseus about Circe.
0: Can we get a little side note about the messenger of the gods? Because we find out what he looks like. Quote,
1: he seemed an adolescent boy, the cutest age when beards first start to grow.
0: Queer reading, hooray. I like my twinks fast.
1: (laughs) Hermes gives Odysseus a magical herb called moly. Or possibly molly.
0: He gives him some molly? Exactly. That's right, <laughs> and
1: he's like, hey, this will this'll stop her magic from working.
0: Oh, Daniel, you don't have to tell me about molly. It's a standard pig antidote.
1: Yes, of course. Um, importantly,
0: though, Hermes warns Odysseus, listen, this will help you best Cersei's magic. But once you do, it's going to make her crazy horny. And you're going to have to sleep with her in order to turn your buddies back into humans. So, in the words of Sterling Archer... Get some cologne on those balls and get to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Odysseus is indeed impervious to Cersei's magic. And Cersei's like, now sheathe your sword and come to bed with me. You know, unsheathe, blah, blah, blah.
0: Sheathe your sword? Is that a double entendre? Well,
1: well no, because she doesn't want him to sheathe his sword, does she? In that but, sense.
0: Sh- Daniel. That's
1: what I'm saying. Sheathe she- you know, your sword. Yeah, implicitly unsheathe your. Knob. I I thought... I meant Because
0: sometimes in these old texts, women's vaginas are referred to as sheaths. Whoa! I'm so, so innocent. You Oh, you are. Oh.
1: But it could be a condom.
0: Oh, maybe!
1: I Practice safe sex so I,
0: you're with a goddess. Just like that, every episode we do... You have to explain do, some... I have to explain something to you, and every time I do, the light in your eyes... Just a, just a hint. The world is
1: just that little bit more sordid. No.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not going to rest until you're just completely dead inside. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cersei's like, yeah, come to bed with me. Through making love, <laughs> we may begin to trust each other more.
0: I can't turn you into a pig, let's fuck. So wait, 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 are you telling me that this is a pornography side quest, like in Grand Theft Auto? Which one's that? It was a very early one, but I remember there was some, like, cheat code where you could do... Like, rack-up points for doing porn stuff. All the boys in my class were talking about it in middle know. school.
1: Well, if somebody knows what that is, right? in. <laughs> this is all just about trust.
0: So. <laughs> oh, oh, she doesn't want a porn hub. She wants a porn hug.
1: Exactly. That's, to, a, that's a joke from... Uh, yeah, one of your own... You're, you're using your material, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, because
0: it's funny. Oh, okay. I think that was from the 1984 episode. Yes,
1: it was, yes. <laughs> and This is just like, yes! Please. Uh, yeah, we'll have sex on condition that this isn't a ploy to hurt me in some way.
0: Please pinky swear that you won't cut my d*** off and throw it in the dirt.
1: After a stint in Circe's quote, dazzling bed, and yet another olive oil bath, because <laughs> they're in a lot of these, aren't they? Not too hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Odysseus convinces <laughs> Cersei to unpigify his men.
0: So, Cersei, o- Odysseus' new side piece, says, Listen, I know you miss Ithaca and your wife and your family so much. Let me help you rejoin them. One year later, Odysseus is still there feasting and drinking and boinking Circe. This guy's got a honey dick if she let him stay a whole year. So his men are eventually like, can we please leave this party? Like it's been swell and all. Now Circe agrees, you guys can go anytime you want, but Odysseus first needs to fulfill Another side quest. God damn it. Can somebody please just send this man home? Mm. So what he needs to do is to travel down to Hades, the underworld, and find the dead prophet from Thebes, the blind Tiresias.
1: What? He's in Oedipus Rex.
0: He is in Oedipus Rex. So Circe says, basically, you can go home once you ask blind Tiresias for advice. To do what? Advice to do what? I don't know. Cersei basically has just said, go see the Wizard of Oz. He'll know what to do. So then Odysseus asks her what we're all thinking, which is how the hell am I supposed to figure out a travel to the underworld? Cersei, I'm going to really bottom line. No, this, this is Yes, I bit. am. Daniel, damn it. Cersei gives him the most ridiculously complex instructions about how to do this.
1: This is my favorite bit, so I think I should be allowed... To commandeer this
0: long story short he does all of her instructions and he makes it down into the underworld he runs into some dead relatives blah 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 no no no
1: no 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 Yes, yes no, yes no yes. this is crazy they go west I, they find the where the Cimmerians live what's that I don't even know who they are there's some people who live in perpetual darkness right next to the River Styx they come and dig a hole and pour wine and blood into it, that's great. And then all the ghosts start turning up.
0: Daniel, you are the reason I see my therapist. The only reason. Okay, well, he runs into some dead relatives and finally, finally he runs into Tiresias, the blind prophet.
1: Quiz. Do we know why Tiresias went blind? Because Uh, I do. I'm gonna do a little mini story within this as punishment for you skipping (laughs) the rest of the Hades.
0: No. Right, <laughs> let's get back So, go. yeah, Tiresias
1: is there. So, all these creepy ghosts come. It's a great bit. Is it? We're not doing it justice. I don't know why Abby didn't like it. It's a really good bit. It's scary. All the men are really frightened. Uh-huh. There's a ritual. Sure is. Tiresias turns up and he's like, On your way back to Ithaca, you're going to come across some grazing animals. These belong to the sun god. And if you want to get home safe, you need to leave them be. When you return to Ithaca, you need to kill all the suitors that are currently mooching off your estate. Quote, when those men are dead...
0: Then nothing! That should be the end of the story.
1: No, this is the cool bit. No, you have to go away and take an oar to people with no knowledge of the sea who do not salt their food. So, when Odysseus gets so far inland that he meets someone who thinks his oar is a winnowing fan, he must sacrifice a bull and a stud boar to Poseidon, and everything will be cool. So he's got to go to, like, Mongolia or something.
0: I was going to say, yeah, is he going to go someplace in Russia? Are we going to take a road trip to Russia? Because I would really love to fold Chernobog into this mix.
1: Ooh. I'd love
0: to get a different pantheon to integrate.
1: Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it?
0: But, one step at a time, he's got to get home first. Okay, so he has a bunch more interactions in Hades. There are some relatives, a bunch of people who knew in the Trojan War who are now dead.
1: Okay, I Memnon and Achilles are there.
0: Yep. The main thing that Odysseus takes away from all of these visitations in the underworld is that his wife, Penelope, has been the most honest and faithful of women. And Oh yeah,
1: there's all that stuff like, all the evil women appeared from history. Yeah, bitches. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bitches.
0: Bitches. <laughs> and when Odysseus arrives back in Ithaca, though... He needs to travel in disguise and do not trust any women because they'll betray him, which I guess means female servants and not the intensely faithful Penelope, but whatever. Hades, quest, done. They go back to Cersei's island, and she's like, okay, you've fulfilled your like thing that you needed to do. I'm going to now tell you the best route to get to Ithaca so nothing can hurt you. And Odysseus is a bit huffy, but he agrees, you know, how dudes hate getting directions Uh, from women.
1: That's fresh material.
0: I thought I'd update my pop culture references. Do you like it?
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, I do like it. Everyone,
0: abbyboucher.com for more of this material. Uh, So, she tells him, first, you need to beware the sirens. What are the sirens? What's their deal? They're beautiful mermaids. Or maybe weird bird women. I don't know. I think we conceptualize them as mermaids now, but in ancient Greek culture, they were like creepy bird women. And they sing such enchanting music that any man who hears them will dedicate his life to just sitting on the nearby rocks to listen. If you get caught by their spell, you won't do anything else. You won't eat. You won't sleep. You'll just wither away and die listening to them sing. So the only way to sail by them safely is to plug up your and all of your sailors' ears with wax. Done and done ancient noise-canceling earbuds. However, Circe says, "Odysseus, you can actually listen to their song and live to tell the tale. You just have to make sure that your men have wax in their ears and that they lash you to the mast with the strongest ropes and knots they can. After the sirens," Circe says, "you have to sail through a very narrow strait between Scylla and Charybdis. What are Scylla and Charybdis, you might ask? Yes. Well, Scylla is a horrifying monster who lives in a cave near the ocean. Quote, she has 12 dangling legs and six long necks with a gruesome head on each. And in each face, three rows of crowded teeth, pregnant with death.
1: She has a puppy-like voice, can I just add. What's Charybdis, please? Well... And thank
0: you. A powerful whirlpool that will suck down your whole ship to the bottom of the ocean. The key is you have to sail between these two without getting too close to either. And then you'll be grand. Cersei tells him, okay, but you better row quick. That's the only way you're going to make it through. And uh, you should expect some casualties. Scylla will straight up maul your ass. It's going to be like Street Fighter 2. Expect to lose some dudes. Move the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Odysseus is an absolute or a great middle manager he's like guys gather around cersei gave me directions she's helping us here are all the dangers ahead and then he literally only tells them about the sirens and to plug up their ears he doesn't say a f-ing word about scylla and charybdis which he knows is guaranteed to kill some of them probably
1: can't pronounce it it's probably right. <laughs> so first protocol sirens odysseus followed cersei's advice he's like man plug your ears Yours truly is going to have a listen, see? Um, so the sirens sing to Odysseus. Quote, Odysseus, come here. Here, <laughs> yeah, come here. I'm the, sorry. The Bob Dylan. Is <laughs>
0: it. Is that's your siren? You are
1: well known from many stories. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to the Greeks. <laughs> um, it could be, um, what do you call it? It could be Nashville Star- Skyline Bob. <gasps> now stop your ship and listen to our voices. <laughs> All those who pass this way hear hunted song, part from our mouths. The music brings them joy and they go on their way with greater knowledge. Since we know everything the Greeks and Trojans suffered in Troy by God's will and we know whatever happens anywhere on earth. (laughs) So...
0: Do we want to do another take? I don't think so. So, in other words, the sirens are texting Odysseus hey with a slutty number of whys.
1: Next they reach the Strait of Scylla and Charybdis Which some people think is, um, in, um, Sicily (laughs) The bit between the boot and the Sicily
0: Why do I feel like I'm drunk right now?
1: We rowed through the narrow strait in tears. On one side, Scylla. On the other, shining Charybdis, with a dreadful gurgling noise, sucked down the water. When she spewed it out, she seethed, all burning like a boiling cauldron on a huge fire. But while our frightened gaze was on Charybdis, Scylla snatched six men from the ship, my strongest, best fighters. They're coming out good, can they? <laughs> uh, looking back from down below, I saw their feet and hands up high as they were carried off. In agony they cried to me and called my name their final words. So I bet it feels a bit guilty about that. I've got a question about Charybdis. Is she just a whirlpool or is the implication that she's some kind of monster under the sea that kind of drinks the water?
0: Um, I, I thought it was a sort of slightly sentient whirlpool. I thought it was that too, but yeah. I think it
1: might actually be some kind of like, oh,
0: like that thing in Star
1: yeah. Wars that, you know, drinks the sand.
0: So, this whole incident puts the fear of Jesus in the other men who, you know, while Scylla is dining al fresco, they row as fast as they can and they soon make it out of her reach and they, they manage not to get gulped up by Charybdis and it's a very, very narrow escape. But this is the worst interstate toll booth I've ever seen. Uh. Next, they make it to the island of Helios, the sun god. Now, remember, Helios, he's the one who loves his cows maybe a little bit too much. So yeah, this is the guy that Tiresias is like, stay away from his livestock. So Odysseus makes them swear to stay on the beach by the boat and do not mess around with the cows because, you know, surely Helios is going to find out.
1: Not even tip him.
0: <laughs> you can't actually do that. Tipping cows is not real. So the men all agree, and they actually do exactly what Odysseus says. And the next morning, they're ready to set sail. No problem. Except a problem. Overnight, all the wind has died. They're stuck on the island. So they're forced to stay on this island for a full month, eating through their stores of food. So yeah, you all see where this is going. They... They begin to starve after a while, and one day, while Odysseus is taking a nap, one of the men says, like, starving to death is the worst fate. Guys, let's just go poach some cows. It's better that he kill us swiftly than let us starve to death. When Odysseus wakes up, he goes to the men, and they're all, like, picking their teeth with toothpicks or whatever.
1: A1 sauce everywhere. He's <laughs>
0: like, why does it smell like five guys out here? And they're like, huh, weird, I don't know. What well, about
1: like those six guys that you got killed? <laughs> oh, that's how I would say
0: So, unsurprisingly, Helios, the sun god, finds out immediately And he acts like a giant baby He storms over to Zeus and tattles Are you
1: suggesting that Teletubbies and the Odyssey are in the same universe?
0: <laughs> and Zeus is like, yeah, alright, I'll punish them I got a bunch of loose thunderbolts just sitting here And you know how fast thunderbolts go bad once you open the package mm. The men sail out and as soon as they're really far away from land, Zeus really smashes their ship. I mean, he really kills the men. Those are some serious f*** you thunderbolts. And Daniel, this is when Odysseus is about to find out if Rock Bottom has
1: a cellar. Good lead-in.
0: I'm, I'm teeing it up for you to hit a homer.
1: So, yeah, the ship explodes or something. <laughs> he survived by hanging on to a piece of the ship.
0: Very hang-ten cowabunga.
1: If you will, oh. I won't, yeah. Listen to this, what happened? He's on the bit of wood. It's only floating back to the dreadful rocks of Scylla and Charybdis.
0: God damn, yeah, man.
1: Bad, bad day. So, a solitary fig tree grows from this rock right next to Charybdis and like hangs right over Charybdis' gaping moor. And so Odysseus is like, no, and he just does a little jump, he's like, ooh, and grabs it, <laughs> and holds up. Phew, I'm safe, he holds onto the fig tree. So he's just, like, hanging there on this fig tree. And then Charybdis, you should know, sometimes she sucks, sometimes she belches. Those are her two main activities. So she, she belches, and some flotsam comes out of her. Odysseus grabs onto it and floats off. After nine days... Nine days! Uh, Eating
0: what? Drinking What? How is he still alive?
1: Uh, fish? Seawater?
0: You can't drink seawater and live. You
1: you could bet then.
0: Keep going. After nine days, what?
1: He ended up on Calypso's Island. Ooh, and
0: she takes one look at his bedraggled ass and she's like, I've got to hit it like a damn freight train.
1: Exactly. And that's how he ends up. We got to where.
0: Cry-boinking her for seven years. Yeah.
1: We're back to the middle of the story. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's telling this whole story, remember, at that weird sports party with the smelly laundry princess. And now, now is the time for him to continue home. Do we have the energy to continue that today, Daniel? Or have we run out of time? Because this is a 24-book poem. This was the end of book 12. Oh, yeah.
1: Shit. I, don't I think we're going to make it.
0: We're not going to make it. So... For the next half of the story, and the casting, and bad good reads, and analysis, and advice, and our clue to the next proper episode, I'm afraid you're going to have to tune in in two weeks' time.
1: (gasps) See you later, then.
0: Please remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're on YouTube.
1: Stay away from my cows, as well. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Save Me From My Shelf. Our music is... The Overture to Don Giovanni by Mozart and Cover Art is by Catherine Wu. Our thanks to Aston University's Centre for Critical Inquiry into Society and Culture for funding the startup of this podcast. Contact us at save me from my shelf at gmail.com or at SMFMS underscore podcast on Twitter. And do not I'm gonna remind you, do not forget to rate review and subscribe, do not forget,
0: thank you.